Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Be sure to download your free ebook at lisadrennan.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, Energetic Mindset Mentor. mentor. That's the second time I said matter. I don't know what a matter is. If you know what a matter is, like, let me know, because that must be a word somewhere in the language, right? But I am the Energetic Mindset Mentor Business Strategist, and I have an awesome program called SOAR, Seeking Our Authentic Route to Our Highest Potential, because you are designed for greatness and a purpose, and only you have beautiful gifts and abilities to share with everyone out there. And that's what a healing journey is all about. Forgiving the girl inside is all about connecting with your inner child and really knowing who you are so you can soar to your highest potential. So today we have the beautiful Melissa Rolfs, who's a certified holistic health and life coach. She helps busy women get unstuck. I wish she was here like two years ago because I was so stuck. I didn't even know that I was stuck. That's how bad it was. Um, she helps them find freedom so they can be calm, confident, and at peace. She is committed to empowering women to be free, to be who God made them to be, like-minded sister, sister, sister spirit here. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to hear your healing journey story. Um, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I'm super excited to be here with you. Um, I'm coming to you from sunny Arizona, which you might not know because I'm wearing a sweatshirt, but yeah, my husband always freezes me out with air conditioning. So I always have on a sweatshirt inside. Um, <laughs> but I'm a wife and a mom. We've got two kids. And as you said, I'm a holistic health and life coach helping busy women find freedom and get unstuck. Yeah, where do they have to get unstuck from? Whatever is holding them back. Like you said, like there were so many areas of my life that I was stuck in. I didn't even know, right? Like, cause all you know is what you come from and you think that that's how it is. And then it's not until you realize, Hey, there could be something else or there could be something more, or there could be something different. And that kind of changes the tra- trajectory. So it can be mindset. It can be health. It can be wellness. It can be parenting really almost anything because we all have our stuck. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because especially as moms, we're spinning all these plates And we feel like we have to, well, I should say me, I feel like I have to like go after certain things. And, you know, one of the things that helped me was ULA and ULA is about balancing seven key areas. And it looks like you have a lot of similarities in your program. So before you hit your, like the, before your journey of you being in this chaotic sense, I I can just picture like this, the snow, this, I'm going to say a sandstorm since you're in Arizona and you're like near the (laughs) desert, right? But you know, when you see the sandstorms and everything's just, you can't, and then the sand gets in your eyes and you're kind of like, you are stuck. You're like in this pit and you can't move. So tell us about the frustration and the chaotic experience that you personally had. Gosh, I think the moment that kind of like brought me to my knees was about 11 years ago and we had a newborn baby who wasn't sleeping through the night. So I'm exhausted. Um, we had a two-year-old who had some undiagnosed food allergies and some sensory challenges. So she was kind of wild and out of control, which I just thought was normal toddler behavior. My husband was traveling for work. And then on top of all of that, I had gotten diagnosed with PTSD from childhood trauma. So it was like the perfect storm and everything felt foggy. It felt frustrating. I was angry a lot. I was tired. I was 
not showing up as the person that I wanted to be to my family or who I wanted to be in the world. It was very, very frustrating because I knew that I was here and I wanted to get here, but I didn't know how. So I had to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's really challenging too, to, to deal with all that. The lack of sleep really plays havoc on our bodies, our minds. I, I know I struggled with that in January, I had a full hysterectomy and then I had this shoulder issue where I tore my tendon. All I know is I woke up from surgery and my left shoulder hurt and I wasn't sleeping and I was trying to work and I was going to school and I'm like, I can't function. So that alone. So can you tell us um, if you're willing to share some more about the PTSD? Yeah, of course. So it was from childhood trauma. Um, Part of my story is my father was murdered when I was two. And so I never knew my dad growing up. And I'm from a small town in the Midwest and everybody knows everybody. And and it was almost like, I feel like everybody knew, but nobody talked about it. Like it was the elephant in the room. And maybe they didn't know. Actually, I don't know what they knew because I was two, but it was just this weird, like growing up, not knowing who your dad was, hearing things about him, not knowing where you came from. My mom remarried. And my stepdad didn't adopt me because he wanted to honor my grandparents because my dad was an only child and he wanted to keep my maiden name, which I think shows them so much respect. But I think as a child in that place, it created a lot of confusion and chaos and who is my family and where do I fit in? And everybody else has the same last name and I don't. It just was kind of a hard experience to navigate as a child. Wow. Yeah. And that is because we want to fit in and we don't want to be different, especially kids are so cruel with their, well, why is your name different? I had an adopted Mm -hmm. brother growing up and they're always like, well, you guys don't look anything like each other. And my mom would always say, well, he's special. I chose him. (laughs) And I'm like, well, I'm special because I'm the only girl. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, it's so important to us to, to fit in, especially with our own family. So I'm so sorry that you experienced that. That must have been, did you ever find out like all the details or the particulars? I did, but you know, it's, it's so interesting because the other piece of that, Lisa, was I knew the story that my mom shared. And I think, you know, she was on her own healing journey and doing the best that she could. And so I think her perspective was very different from other people's. So Part of my story is as an adult going to people who knew my dad at various times in his life, whether they were, you know, fraternity brothers from college or people that he went to high school with and just saying, who was my dad? Like, who do you know my dad as? So I can have this whole picture of him and not just the story that that I knew from my mom or my grandma, but just really kind of understand who he was according to other people, because it was just a very like slim version of what I knew of him. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, well, like when you, when you grow up, especially girls, they need their dad, you know, you just need that connection and um, just to help you yourself establish healthy relationships. So when, when you realized that something was missing in your life, what made you want to go and figure it all out and start implementing the tools that you used and what were the tools that you did use to help? It was really my kids. I knew that what I was doing and how I was parenting and who I was being wasn't what they needed or deserved, but I didn't know a different way. Um, and so part of my journey was I had started meeting with a life coach and she also had PTSD and was also a clinical social worker. And so through the start of our coaching, we, we started off in a coaching relationship. And then she said, 
I think we might need to switch gears here because I think you might have PTSD and we might need to go from coaching to counseling and kind of work through the healing of the past. Um, so part of that was meeting with an naturopath and, you know, learning what was happening in my body, you know, from a chemical perspective um, and really understanding how to get free and healthy from what had happened on every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was your um, the most impactful um, strategy that you implemented? I think realizing the impact that food has on mood. I think for me, I only associated food with weight. And so I had a very warped relationship with food and that I would, you know, eat to stuff my feelings. I would eat to feel good. I would not eat to lose weight. Like it was not, it was not a healthy relationship at all. But when I realized the impact that food has on mood and overall health, my daughter's behavior with the sensory challenges, that changed everything because I'm like, oh my gosh, more people need to know about this. Like, this is incredible. So I think that was my biggest aha from my journey. Yeah. What do, are there like, is there a certain group of trigger foods for people or is it dependent upon each person? Yeah. Each person is different. One size doesn't work for all. Um, For me specifically, gluten is a really big trigger. Dairy is a big trigger. Sugar is a big trigger. Um, Processed foods that have a lot of chemicals and additives, those are a big trigger. I think across the board, it's safe to say that gluten, sugar, and processed foods are not great um, for most people. Um, So yeah, I'm definitely about eating whole foods and as clean and organic and fresh as possible. Obviously, everybody has, you know, budgets and whatnot. So you just do the best you can. (laughs) Yeah. And they have lots of alternatives. I mean, especially like at the farm markets and stuff where you can choose healthy and I tend to eat the same foods all the time. So like, you know, we're empty nesters now. So my husband and I will cook a meal or last three days. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, you know, so you don't really spend a lot anymore because you don't have this huge family with growing kids who eat you out of house and home, so to speak. So yeah, it's a lot different cooking for yourself. Um, for two versus a family of four or five or something like that. But yeah, I definitely noticed the triggers with food. And I'd heard too, I was in a biblical counseling class for my studies and the teacher was talking about, there's a book, I don't know if you've read it, um, uh, Potatoes Instead of Prozac, I believe is the title. Have you ever heard of it? No, but it sounds great. <laughs> yeah, it's. I never read it, um, but the title um, was interesting to me because... I don't like potatoes. I like sweet potatoes, but I'm not a potato person. Um, so it was interesting to me that if you, this potato, the whatever's in the potato, the vitamins and minerals and all of that helps calm you down. And if you eat it at a certain time, it would help you. And then it's just like, I heard kiwi, when you eat it right before you go to bed, helps you sleep, helps mm-hmm. you calm and has, you know, whatever you need to do that. And I thought, Oh, this is interesting. But what's even more cool is that God gave us all of these natural foods and plant-based foods and said, here, eat these because this is going to help you. And guess what? I provided for you. And my husband and I go go back and forth about this, about how, you know, how did white flour come about? Because when I was growing up, my, my grandma, my mom made everything from scratch. It wasn't until probably like the late 70s, we started getting introduced to TV dinners and things like that. And I remember every Friday night, my grandpa would make homemade pizza from the dough, from scratch, everything, right? And that's what we ate every Monday or Friday night, rather. And um, I was thinking, well, where did all this refined stuff come from and this GMO and all that? It's because people don't depend on God. They depend on themselves thinking, 
oh, we're going to run out. There's all these people. We can't feed them. So let's let's modify it so we can expand it so we can grow more. It's like, stop. You're like when you were a kid, I never heard of peanut allergies. Did you? No. Nobody. So now I have a granddaughter, 10 months old, and a friend that I disciple. Her daughter's also 10 months old. They both got peanut butter at six months old. I'm like what? Peanut yeah, butter. Why? Oh, because of allergies. So doctors are figuring if you introduce it young enough, they won't be allergic to it. I'm like, are you kidding me? That I've never heard of this. Neither. So yeah, she eats peanut butter. These two little girls eat peanut butter. They're both. They're both like. I think they're like six days apart. Um, so I think that's kind of cool. But anyways, I was like, wow, okay. So where does this this allergy type thing come from? Is it because we have so many preservatives and additives in our foods? that we created this problem or like, it's just so fascinating. That would be like a really good someday. Not my thing, but maybe you're passionate about it. You can kind of study it. I don't know why, why I even brought that up. Somebody needs to hear that. Cause that's well, why I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> because I think you're right, Lisa. I mean, I think we live in a toxic world. There's toxins in our food and our air and our water and we serve a non-toxic God. Let's be real honest. And so how are yeah. we called to steward our temples? How are we you know, I think about Daniel and I think about the Daniel fast and I think about how his diet is what set him apart. And I think, I think there's something to that, that we can apply yet today. Yeah. And it's all a healing journey. You know, and if you think about when Daniel was pulled from his home, you know, he was basically kidnapped, mm-hmm. brought to this home, forced to do this job. You know, thankfully he was in a good position. So he was, you know, showed his skills and he was appointed a great position And then he's like, I'm not supposed to eat that food. I need to be obedient to my God, not to you. You know, and I imagine if I could just picture this, I watched The Chosen and it helps me like visualize things. But the guard said, oh, you have to eat this or else. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, let me talk. Let me think about this. Let's negotiate here. How about we try this? And if, if I'm not strong, then I'll eat your food. I love that. That's, you know, and that's what we need to do to our bodies. Like you might say, this is good for me, but I'm going to try it this way. And if it doesn't work, then I'll try it your way. I just said that earlier because they wanted to give me hormone replacements because of the full hysterectomy. And I'm like, no, and my doctor's like, well, why? I go, because there's synthetics. and I don't want to put synthetics mm-hmm. in my body. And um, he's like, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to use oils. I'm going to use young living essential oils, period. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. He's like, all right, well, let me know how that works out for you. So I went for my follow-up and he's like, you're doing fantastic. I said, yes, I am because I'm using natural things. Absolutely. And I, do, I eat, I eat clean. I do have ice cream though. So my sugar comes from my ice cream because I don't like the, I don't like the healthy ice cream. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> you got to treat yourself, right? Yes, you I do. Told, I told my husband, we have to figure out how to make a healthy ice cream, but you know, the only, um, I don't know if you ever had ice cream with maple syrup in it with like with real mm-hmm. maple syrup as a yeah. natural sweetener. So yep. I don't know. I have maybe a recipe someday. with bananas. It's pretty good. If you want it, I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Maybe our listeners can have it too. It'll be like the okay. baby. <laughs> banana ice cream. That's awesome. Cause that would be so good. Cause I'm like yeah. not a yogurt fan. I was shocked at how much sugar is in yogurt. I talk about a trigger thing. Like I was eating yogurt because I thought it was healthy for my gut. And I kept gaining weight. I'm like, why is this yogurt? And then I read the, um, I was borderline diabetes and I read Mm -hmm. the um, label. 
because I had to eat everything less than 10 grams and sugar yogurt had like, I don't know, the one I was eating had like 15 grams. I'm like, what, where's the sugar coming from? So why do they sneak sugar and all this stuff? Because it's addictive. It is addictive. It's nine times more addictive than cocaine. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And it creates a released brain where the dopamine. So we feel like we need to have more and more to get that fix. Yeah. And then we keep going in this circle on this hamster wheel. Wow. So in your, with your expertise, with this relationship with food, how do you break that cycle? I think you have to get to the root of the problem, right? Like, so for me, I was, had the broken relationship with food because I was eating to stuff my feelings or to lose weight. Like that was my mindset with food. So I think we have to shift our belief with food and ask, you know, what, what is my goal? I think that's the, really the first step is what is my goal? What is my purpose? What am I wanting to do? And then come up with a plan to do that. And most people don't want to stuff their feelings. Most people don't want to, you know, have to rely on food for energy. Most people don't want to starve themselves to lose weight. It's just what they know. So we have to retrain how we think about food and our relationship with it and its purpose in our lives. Wow. That makes so much sense. It all has to do with mindset, Mm -hmm. you know, and thinking like, why do I need this nutrient and why am I, am I stuffing my feelings or am I like, is this something good for me? Yeah. I used food as an unhealthy coping mechanism on my healing journey way too long from like 1986 to 2014, 15, 2016 was when I started my, um, food, when I realized food was one of my unhealthy coping mechanisms. And um, I care about it in my book, Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom and Fun in Your Life. And it was just, it was, it was therapeutic to talk about it, to heal from it. Because, you know, I didn't realize how my past defined my present, because I never healed from it. I never began that healing journey until 2013. What advice would you give somebody that's turning to food, that's turning to these, you know, all these different unhealthy coping mechanisms to try to hide some trauma that they may have experienced way back when, when they don't even realize it started that long ago? Yeah, I think the first step to do is to really get curious and replace judgment with curiosity and ask, why am I doing this or what am I looking for in this experience? Because when we pause and we ask hard questions, That's where the aha comes. And I think the hard thing with food, Lisa, is that it's legal. It's socially acceptable. I mean, candy is thrown out at parades. Like it is not something that you can abstain from and live, right? Like we need food to live. So I think it's so hard because it's something that we need to enjoy and thrive and and live healthy, you know, purposeful lives. Um, But I think the best thing to do is get curious and ask yourself those questions. What am I looking for? Or why am I turning to this? Yeah. And just think about it before you actually act upon it. Mm -hmm. Because we get so caught up in that habit of, oh, I'm just going to have some ice cream after dinner. Or, oh, I've had a long day at work. I'm just going to grab whatever. You know, like we just get so caught up in the habit that we don't stop and pause. And that's really where I think the journey begins. Yeah, absolutely. Tell us more. How did you get into the coaching? Um, the free to be coaching is your program. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit more about that, how you started it and what it involves. Yeah. So I knew after my journey, um, I it's interesting because I ended up losing quite a bit of weight 
weight on my journey. And everybody was like, oh, you've lost so much weight. You look so great. Can you help me lose weight? And I'm like, this is not about weight. Like, this is about healing. This is about wholeness. This is about being free to be who God called me to be. This is about identity. This is about a healed relationship with myself, with my body, with food. It's about so much more than that. And I knew that there wasn't anything out there that would give people that other than what I did. So I had to recreate my journey and be like, okay, how did I do this? And then I had to find a program that would offer something that was, you know, similar enough to certify me because I felt, I feel it's so important to have credentials and have that background if you are coaching people. Um, and so that's just my conviction. And so I went to school and I got certified and now I'm, I'm helping other women who are where I was because it's, there's a lot of moving pieces. It's not just, you know, eat a salad and lose weight. It's the mindset. It's figuring out how to listen to your body. It's healing from the past hurts. Like there's kind of some big pieces that need to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. And for anyone who's struggling with weight, you know, think about when you're eating, are you eating because your body's hungry or because you're trying to stuff an emotion and something just happened that wants you to go reach for that, you know, candy bar or that ice cream or whatever it is that you're turning to. So yeah, it's such a beautiful way to help others and realize, you know, and I think the the mindset piece is really starting to become the center, like the crux of all of the coaching programs, because it all, I mean, they say it's 85%. I disagree. I say it's a hundred percent. I say it is the crux of everything that we do. And, you know, scripture tells us to captivate our thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. There's a reason that's there and to give thanks and, you know, like give thanks in all circumstances. It's like, okay, so regardless of what you're going through and not to beat yourself up, if you make, you know, if you do overindulge or you do, you know, stuff that emotion, no, you're not alone. There are so many of us out here who needed help and ignored it. And I was on a call today earlier with a client who's like, you know, I, I just need the right strategy. I just need, I, I need to know, you know, they're having a hard time defining their niche and I need the right strategy. And I don't know which direction to go to. And it's like, we've had this conversation four times God is giving you the strategy. Just stop it. Get out of your way. I had to do a live on Instagram after I got off the phone with her because it was just like, stop it. Don't ask God to give you the strategy and then ignore him when he gives you the strategy. Pay attention. Listen to people that you are surrounded with. When somebody comes into your path, it's for a reason. So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're watching it on YouTube. There's a reason why you came across it. So pay attention, don't overthink it and just listen and make the next move. What is it you said earlier about knowing what your goal is? You know, I tell my clients, what's your dream? Reverse engineer it. You cannot accomplish anything if you don't know what you want to be, where you want to go. What's your why? Like, why do you want to eat healthy? Because you want a healthy body. Maybe you want to live a long time to be there for your kids, your grandkids. You want to leave a beautiful legacy, right? What's your why? So Melissa, what advice can you give? If you could give one piece of advice to somebody who's listening right now, that's really struggling with food as an addiction to cover up an emotion, some emotional hurt or pain, what would you tell them? I think you've got to get to the root of that because no plan, no program, no exercise, nothing you can do is going to address that. And you're just going to be like a thinking like a passing ship because here's the the root problem here's the wound here's the hurt here's whatever that needs to be worked through and that's why this is coming out this way 
And if you're doing all these things to address this, but you're not dealing with this, you're not going to have the transformation that you want. So do the work. Yeah. Get to the root cause of the problem. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing. In the description, we will have links to connect with you to find out more about your program um, and to make the decision just to be on this healing journey. So thank you again for being with us. And if you are listening either on one of the podcast sites or on YouTube again, you know somebody who needs to hear this, please share it with them. Uh, when you have something as good as this, to be free um, coaching, right? That's the name. Free to be. Free to be. Free to be coaching um, will help you get to the root cause of why you're turning to an unhealthy coping mechanism. And this is something that you are listening to now because you need to hear it. So be sure to share it. And remember, every day is a healing journey and it's all a matter of the heart. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I am so glad that you were here today and love your support and your encouragement. Please comment. Let me know what resonated the most with you from today's special guest. And if you'd like to learn more about my signature program, SOAR, Seeking Our Authentic Route to Our Highest Potential, I would love to connect with you to see if it's a good fit. In SOAR, I help Christian female entrepreneurs authentically align their passion with their purpose to connect with their soulmate client confidently be able to scale or launch to six figures. Have you pictured yourself as a six-figure entrepreneur? If not, I can help you live your dream instead of chasing it. Visit me at lisadrennan.com or send me an email and let's connect. Let's see if it's a good fit for you. Thank you again for joining today. I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast, provide a review, and if you know anyone that this message would resonate with, please share it.